Digital transformation continues to accelerate, yet most companies still struggle to achieve success. What sets the leaders of successful companies apart? In this podcast, top business leaders share what their goals are, why they're successful, and how they drive effective digital initiatives for their companies and for their customers. Welcome to the Walk Me Podcast. This is Digital Adoption. Episode one, how Zoom saved human interaction through COVID with our guest, Harry Mosley, the global CIO of Zoom Video Communications, hosted by me, Leah Siener. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Our guest today is someone I've been personally really excited to speak to. We have Harry Mosley with us, the CIO at Zoom. Hi, Harry. I'm going to intro by saying that Zoom has definitely played a central role in the human experience of Corona, um, both on a business level and a personal level. So if you can just dive in and give us a little bit of insight, what has it been like being part of Zoom through this, uh, this last year? I would love to hear it. It's, uh, it, it's all rather fascinating, Leah, the way, you know, so the way I characterize it would be as follows. It's like, you know, so... So just as a background, uh, you know, I retired from KPMG in December of 2017. And then, you know, shortly afterwards, I was called by Zoom and asked to join them as their global CIO and said I retired and didn't want to work, but that obviously changed over the period of weeks. So I joined Zoom in March of 2018. And at that time, we were north of 800 employees. We, I know we had about four offices around the world. It was uh, re- relatively well known in the tech community, relatively well known in the you know the in the U.S., kind of known in Europe, Middle East, um, not that well known in Asia. Hmm. Mm. Two and a half years later, um, you know, we're now hosting over three hundred million daily participants on the platform. We're processing over two trillion. Two trillion annualized meeting minutes. We got some of the largest clients in the world, like Deloitte and HSBC and Exxon Mobil, with literally like hundreds of thousands of people on the platform every day. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got government organisations around the planet. You've got you know the uh, the uh, British government. You've got the House of Commons in Canada. You've got elements of the U.S. government. So it's a uh, and then, you know, over 100,000 schools in, in 25 countries um, are on the platform. Um, and, then, and then you add on top of all of that, if that's not enough, it's like all the, all the other social elements, right? So, you know, yoga classes, you know, violin classes, you know, um, uh, pottery classes, uh, dance classes. Um, then you've got, you know, uh, birthdays, you've got weddings. You've got church services, you've got bar mitzvahs. Before Corona, I feel like there was a little bit more, you know, space there. And now it's like, it's like synonymous with like Kleenex for tissue. I feel like Zoom is video call. It's just like, oh, we could meet or we could Zoom. It's just become a completely integrated word and experience in the human experience right now. As Eric Yuan is our CEO and founder, when he founded the company, you know, one of the, you know, one of the premises was that video is the new voice. 
and uh, now everybody gets it. Even you know companies that you know sort of uh, were an audio only company now finally understand video is the new voice, and it's you know we're we're no longer a uh, a required platform or a required technology. We are mission critical. We're like yeah. we become like power. You know, if I can't zoom, it's kind of like, oh my god, what am I going to do? It's like it's like you know, it's like, uh, you know, the world stops, right? The succinct, the short answer to your question, Leah, how does it feel? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's humbling. It's like, oh my god, it's so humbling. It's you know, wow. uh, you know, I was talking to one of our clients that are in the business of um, providing uh, uh, medical consultation to eye surgeons. And I could show you the video, but it's a little squeamish. Um, uh, <laughs> but literally, you've got you know sort of uh, uh, surgeons in Mongolia operating on a six-year-old eyeball, enabling the kid to see. And there's consultants in Arizona who are advising the surgeons as they're operating on the eyeball. So we help people see. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. We help people see. Wow. That's unbelievable. I don't think, I mean, I certainly couldn't have imagined it and wouldn't have imagined it. And I imagine that even people in Zoom, you know, like yourself probably couldn't have imagined that this was going to be, I mean, talk about watching the transition from needing to build a sense of urgency in order to, uh, you know, educate your market. You know, it's like there is no urgency to create. It's absolutely expected now. Um, I mean, with that in mind, like, I guess I, I wonder for your role in particular, going through that transition from Zoom being an extremely successful and like you said, in the tech or sales world, certainly a must have um, before Corona. But now that this company is sustaining you know, such a huge influx of new customers. And um, I'm sure that there's also pressure to keep up, you know, the product and find new ways to make this the best option. You know, you don't want to, you know, get too comfortable. Um, What is that like for you? Because, you know, as the CIO, your domain, I imagine, is really this digital experience. Um, What's it like for you? for your employees? Like how does that translate into what you're doing internally and how does that translate externally in terms of the product? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, one of the, you know, it sort of goes to the a phrase that my father used to say, which is, you know, if you stand still, you're really going backwards because the rest of the world is moving forward. And, you know, Zoom was, uh, uh, besides, um, you know, sort of being a video first platform was founded on sort of five things, you know, um, uh, ease of use. So that's the second point. Every time it's like, it just works. It's like reliability, incredible reliability. And you just touched on that where, you know, sort of, you know, if it doesn't work, it's, it's like the sky, the sky, the sky isn't going to fall. The sky does fall. So, um, so ease of use, uh, reliability, innovation, you know, we've been the first to market with a number of different capabilities. And uh, whether it's, you know, sort of like the virtual background that I've got up now. 
So we've That's been the first to innovate. Uh, so innovation has always been sort of like really important to us. And then, um, uh, so uh, ease of use, reliability, um, uh, innovation, uh, price, you know, cost effective. I don't know if you guys, you know, sort of buy coffee, but if you do, it's, you know, it's the price of a cup of coffee once a week. Yeah. And then, you know, privacy and security. And we've raised the bar on, on security to, you know, with our end-to-end -end encryption service, um, uh, which will be out um, hopefully this month, if not next month. And that, again, is raising the bar, not just for ourselves, but we're raising it for the industry. Again, We've always been a leader and we continue to lead. The, you know, it's um, the, you know, such a, a rich platform now, Zoom. It's, uh, you know, the, um, and then, you know, the extensibility that we now have with over 600 apps in the Zoom app marketplace uh, is really sort of uh, uh, taking that seamless and frictionless experience and, and making that even uh, more so across multiple platforms with integrations into you know, uh, things like Salesforce and ServiceNow and Okta and Box and Dropbox and so on and so forth. So it's, um, uh, so it's, it's a journey and, um, uh, you know, it's, uh, we're not done yet. Yeah, it's interesting you're bringing up the end-to-end -end encryption. I think because you were catapulted so far ahead of any competitors, you also were put on the stand a little bit and had to deal with security in a way that I'm assuming none of the other, you know, video platforms needed to deal with because they did not have anywhere near the amount of, you know, sudden users. So you became the leaders in a whole new level. And then now in front of everyone, you've had to deal with these unique, you know, video communication security issues. I think really do think you guys have done a phenomenal job. I can imagine that, you know, it just could have become messy and it didn't. You guys, I feel like through the press and um, through every reaction and every update, it, it's just like, hey guys, we're doing the best we can. We really want to make this safe and awesome for you. And like, thank you for hanging in there while we, while we come up with solutions. And then you did, you've continued to just continue to roll out better and better, you, you know, security. Uh, being very transparent about the issues and being very, you know, sort of uh, humble. I mean, that's part of our culture too, is being humble. And, you know, whilst we, you know, sort of, we, we recognize how successful we've been for sure. I mean, you know, you look at our Q2 earnings, 600 and, uh, 633 million. I think number? that's what it said. Yeah, sort of 350, <laughs> big number, 355% year-on-year growth. I mean, yeah, so, but we're still a humble people. That's our nature. And um, we recognize we've done a lot, um, but there's more to do. Wow. How, that's actually a good uh, intro into another question I've wanted to be, wanted to ask. How do you feel like the values of the leadership at Zoom, yourself, the CEO, you know, other people that are going to infuse their own values into the company. How do you see that? I mean, you just mentioned humility uh, and being humble. So that's huge. How else would you say that affects the, you know, the employee experience or, or what, what it's like to be part of the yeah. Zoom team? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that we, uh, uh, 
uh, we say is like, you know, we don't think of our clients as clients. We think of our clients as partners. And so it's all about the client being successful. And, you know, I reached out to uh, one of our uh, executive clients today and, uh, you know, talking to the CIO this morning, he was like, so, um, would you, you know, what would you like to talk about? And it's like, well, I, you know, I was asked to reach out to you because as an executive team, we like to reach out to our clients on a regular basis just to have a check-in, see how things are going. Um, this is not a formal review. That's a, you know, we have a separate process for the, doing the quarterly business review. But just to, you know, get, get a, uh, uh, take a, take a temperature check. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, you know, that's our DNA. That's who we are. It's, uh, we're not very, you know, not very showy, but uh, we, we, we do what we do and we try to do it extraordinarily well. And do you think, uh, do your employees, like, do the team feel that? Like, is the Zoom internally, oh, yeah. yeah, it's a yeah, close yeah. team, people yeah, this, feel supported? This, this, is, this is part of our culture. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like, you know, this is the, uh, this is woven into the fabric of Zoom. Wow. Yeah. If, if I can ask on a technical side, um, does that translate also into what it's like, what the digital experience is like for Zoom, like for people on the Zoom team? Like are your team members, is your organization like really well equipped? Do you feel like this is also not something that you just offer to your customers, but that, you know, oh, yeah. that's also an internal value? Yeah, no, absolutely. You, see, you know, sort of uh, Eric is very generous with our employees and we make sure that they have everything that they need to get their job done. Because the fact is, um, you know, I'm sure Uzi, you'd agree, if, you know, if your employees can't have a terrific experience, if it's hard for them to get their jobs done, then they're not going to do it very well. You're going to increase your turnover. You've got a lot of waste going on and frustration and so that's not a recipe for success i mean it's so overused more than ever but really more than ever right now uh if you're you know a knowledge worker if you work in a company and you are you know lucky enough to be able to continue doing your job at your computer uh, as if you were in the office it's just astounding to me how functional we are right now how if this had happened 20 years ago, how many more people would not be able to be making a living right now? You know, it's because this kind of, you know, market of tool upon tool upon tool that we've evolved over time has created a situation for us where we can sit at home and we can go on as normal. You know, we can really continue living. It's unbelievable to me. I think it's such a testament to you know, the, the positive side of technology when there's a lot of buzz about the negatives. I think in a way, Corona allowed us to all see, you know, how much good these tools can do and, and how we can positively affect our lives despite the disruptions and the changes that are, you know, constantly coming our way. Yeah, it's, um, you know, uh, uh, the myths of the past have, you know, have been... Um, uh, have been proven wrong. So, you know, mm-hmm. the, uh, so there's two of them. So one is, you know, sort of the notion of people working from home. That was always, ne- that was never really condoned by many organizations. It's kind of like, yes, you know, on a snow day in the Northeast, if you can work from home, great. Otherwise, come to the office, right? 
you know, you have sort of storms and various other events that disrupt people's ability to get to the office if you can work from home. Um, but people didn't condone, didn't, never condoned it, never supported it, didn't think it was effective. Mm-hmm. Oh, gone. Oh, my God. Uh, people have been, pro- it has been proven factually in many cases that people are actually more productive working from home, not yeah. because they're working longer hours, they're just more productive. Because they're not having all the constant interruptions of, hey, Leah, it's kind of like, you know, I had a quick question for you. Oh, okay, yeah. And it's like, you know, and, and then, you know, <laughs> coming in and say, Uzi, hey, you got time for a coffee? It's kind of, you know, and all this sort of stuff. Um, so you don't have that going on. Uh, the employees are actually happier because they're at home. It's like, I'm at home here with my puppy sleeping at my feet. Um, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, people, unfortunately, their kids are home from school, and that makes life difficult, but their kids will go back to school one day, so yeah. that'll be better. And, uh, and uh, so they're actually happier and more productive. And uh, from an employment employer perspective, you know, this is great too. Why? Um, well, from the, you know, they don't need more real estate to house all the employees now that social distancing has to be enforced. So having people work from home, I think this is going to continue. But the other um, uh, uh, massive um, uh, uh, recognition now is that I can hire people from anywhere in the world. Yeah. And guess what? I don't need mm-hmm. to relocate them. And guess what? I don't even need a visa for them. When things could return to life before Corona, they won't. Yeah. Uh, number of things mm-hmm. are going to change. The amount of business travel. I mean, I used to be on three or four flights a week. Not happening. Yeah. Never again will I do three or four flights a week. I might do three or four flights a quarter, but I won't do three or four flights a week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it would be it would be great to take a client out for dinner. I would love to do that. Uh, that would be nice. Um, so you know, doing those types of things for sure. Um, you know, office environments are changing. You know, I read about one company just built their new headquarters in Seattle. It, they, they put the building up for sale because they're going to create smaller satellite offices because they yeah, see that, that to be the future. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think life will ever go back to the way it was. I think that people mm-hmm. realize that this is a new way of life. I think that, you know, my last point is on this topic is that, you know, sort of um, no one would have wished COVID-19 ever. The amount of people that have died, the amount of people that have been ill, the stress, the unemployment, the economic effort, you know, sort of consequences for way too many people around the planet, um, disruptions to their personal and professional lives is astounding. Uh, That being said, um, you know, uh, many people believe that what coronavirus has done is it has accelerated things that were inevitable. You know, retail has has changed forever. The way we connect and communicate personally and professionally has changed forever. Uh, The way, you know, the way we work. um, Priorities have changed forever. Yep. You know, personal priorities. It's like I've been thinking, you know, sort of like about, you know, what, what am I doing? It's like, you know, and what was I doing? Um, you know, I, I remember, you know, when we made the decision to get the dog, it's kind of like, well, you know, um, if you're going to go back to flying three or four, you know, three or four times a week, you know, make sure you get a service dog because, you know, because <laughs> what are you going to do? It's like, but um, 
So I'm not going to do that. It's a person. So you're not like going a, to. I'm not going to. It's like exactly. I, I've, changed, I've changed the way my, I've changed my life. I've changed my diet. Yes. I've changed my exercise routine. And I'm happier because of all these things. Yeah, I totally agree. And I also would say I had a, I've had a similar thing. I mean, I moved during during Corona period, during the lockdown, almost right after. And it was the same thing. It was like, if I move, then I have to be prepared for a really big commute when we go back. And it was just this kind of, I don't know, reminder of what life is about, of like actually doing what makes you happier and being able to be more present. And like, if that's ever the situation again, I'll figure it out. But I also can't really see us going back to being, you know, in an office nine hours a day once humanity has tasted what it's like to have a much healthier balance. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. And and I think also technically, I think also with technology and with with what you know the tools we've been using, you know, now that people know what it's like to use video call to use Zoom. Uh, as much as they do in their life and to not have to stop and drive somewhere or, you know, pay, you know, a million dollars on parking to go get downtown and that they can have that same experience. And especially as you continue to enhance the value that you're delivering with Zoom, I don't see everyone wanting to go back. You know, I think I, I do miss in person, uh, interactions, I miss, I miss them at the end of a day or a week, even though I've been talking to people all week, I still do crave seeing someone in real yeah. life. And so taking someone's hand, you know? yeah, <laughs> that, like there's some like Grabbing coffee together. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's, I think there's some like biological experience that you still need, you know, and I don't, I'm sure zoom and no one is advocating a life of it, you know, being in your own room on a screen forever. But it's the fact that I think we realize some experiences can be just as positive and rich through, oh. you know, video or online or whatever it is, if not even more. You can get more sometimes out of being able to do the same thing at your computer, certainly with work, certainly with work. The downsides, mm. I think, of a full-time office life, I think were really taxing. And I think that we were all just running so fast that we didn't really have any opportunity to reflect. And um, you are, you are 200% right. It's like, I remember the second week of being grounded. I've been grounded now for 28 weeks. So uh, I remember the second week of grounded, uh, I was talking to someone and I said like, on March the 1st, somebody put up, a big stop sign and said, Harry, stop. Um, because I was due to fly to San Francisco on March the 1st and the, the uh, event I was going to was canceled because of COVID-19. And I was thinking, do I fly to California anyway? I was going to go to the San Jose office and, and I thought, eh, you know, I'll just, I'll just use Zoom. It's like, you know, I don't need to fly to see the people. And, and then I did exactly that. I reflected on my life and I said, Jesus, what am I doing? Well, it's not what am I doing? It's like, what have I been doing? What have I been doing? What how have I been, I been doing how, It's like, it's crazy what I was doing. You know, get, you know, getting home at 11 o'clock at night so I can sort of hit the sack, you know, uh, empty the dirty laundry, put new laundry in and get back up at 6 a.m. to go get another flight. I mean, like, who does things like that? I mean, I used wow. to. It was ridiculous. Yeah. 
It's ridiculous. I think once our quality of life increases, we we're not going to go back. This is, I do believe that this is part of the evolution, both of work and of the human experience. I think technology is deeply woven into it because of where we were at with digital transformation when COVID hit. And definitely what you said about this being the catalyst for things that were going to happen. I think we may be pressed fast forward on like, you know, 50 years, like a lot of time, like we really moved. (laughs) And I don't think there's going to be going back in the way that we like, we are imagining going back. I don't think we're ever going back. I think it's always, I think we've moved, you know, I think we've evolved. We've moved to, moved to a new paradigm. Yeah. 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 Harry, thank you so much. I see that our time is like over. I'm just enjoying this conversation so much. It's been so lovely. Thank you. Welcome to the hot seat. Now let's get a little more personal with the hot seat questions. Um, if you could take a digital device or your pet with you for the weekend, which would it be and why? Take the dog in a heartbeat. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. So much more fun. And, um, uh, and kind of, you know, I, I, I do like uh, disconnecting at times. Mm-hmm. I think it's, uh, it psychologically makes you feel better. I think uh, mentally it makes you feel better. I think it's, uh, you know, sort of being constantly tethered to a digital device where everybody expects you to instantly react, instantly respond, um, is an appalling state of affairs. Yes, totally agree. Not everything's a crisis. Yeah, there's definitely value to unwinding and unplugging. All right, what is one goal that you have for your organization, big or small, this upcoming year? I think the big goal, the big objective for Zoom uh, in the coming year would be to maintain our leadership position, uh, Mm -hmm. maintain our innovation um and uh um yes i think it's maintain our leadership position maintain the innovation that we've been known for uh past mm-hmm. and uh constantly uh continue to differentiate ourselves from our peers mm. sort of, uh, one, you know the uh, you know the objective of what zoom is all about is how can we make virtual meetings better than in-person meetings yeah uh, a lot of people say they don't like the screens. Um, I don't know. It's kind of like this is this looks pretty good to me. Uh, it's a great experience. I can see you. I can hear you. Um, uh, yes, it's you know it's nicer when you can sort of shake hands. But even if we we're in the same room, we couldn't even do that right now. <laughs> right, right. In a way, there's more intimacy right now. What's in that? some ways, in a way, it's more intimate right now to talk to someone on video. Because you're not so preoccupied by all of the corona restrictions and regulations around being with someone in person. Yeah, so if we were in a room, this Ridiculous. is how we see, right? It's kind of like this is, you know. <laughs> it's dehumanizing. It's very, very strange. Yeah. It's very odd to communicate with masks on. It's very uncomfortable. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree with you. I think that's great. All right, last one. What is one important skill for the aspiring IT leader out there to work on right now? A skill that they could hone. I think that um, uh, there's, uh, can, I, can I give a two-part answer to that? 
Yes. Okay. So I think there's two skills. I think that uh, emotional intelligence is critical uh, in any leader. It doesn't have to be an IT leader. I think that's uh, uh, super critical. Um, you know, sort of being able to empathize with people, understand where they're coming from, from understand their perspectives. I think that's uh, super important. Mm-hmm. And the second is, um, given the given given the world we're now living in and the environment that we're living in, I think learning how to manage a virtual team mm. is dramatically different to managing a uh, in-person team. I think that that's a skill that has to people have to learn how to do that. And uh, don't. And my recommendation there would be, don't try. Managing the virtual team like you did when everybody was in the office. Hmm. It's kind of like, you know, think it through. It's different. Uh, nothing's the same. Take a white sheet of paper. Think, think, from it, think, think through it from the beginning to the end. Want to hear from more top leaders? All of season one is available now. This is Digital Adoption.